was the sense that Windsor was the worst place to live if you're a woman. I want us to change the narrative to say Windsor is the Essex is the best place if you're a woman to live, to start a business, to grow a business, uh, and to be a leader. Women are 67% less likely to self-promote than men. Empower women entrepreneurs. Women owned 34% of businesses in Windsor Essex. Women have to be part of that process. They need to be part of that plan. Women were underrepresented in every single area. We can ensure um, that we can continue to move the dial. Found that they had imposter syndrome. When in terms of Rise Windsor Essex, increasing the number of women entrepreneurs. And that addresses the needs of women entrepreneurs at this time. Are designed to really celebrate women. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting young female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. I've officially teamed up with Rise Windsor Essex to bring you stories of Windsor Essex's very own female entrepreneurs. We're here to celebrate women in the area who have made it happen. Today, I'll be speaking with Marky Tuckett, founder of Timber and Plum Kitchens and Cabinetry, which offers custom Canadian cabinetry, countertops and hardware, fixtures and tiles, and more. Marky was recently named one of the National Kitchen and Bath Association's Top 30 Under 30, as well as the Design Hound's Kitchen Design Influencer of the Year. So how about we start off by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. So I'm Marky Tuckett. I am originally from Midland, Ontario. I moved to Windsor about three years ago and started Timber and Plum Kitchens and Cabinetry. Um, We opened our doors in May 2018 and ever since it's kind of just been rapidly growing. Um, We specialize in designing with custom cabinetry and provide our clients with more of a boutique, highly curated and customer service based experience when designing basically like kitchens, um, new builds, bathrooms, um, entertainment units, basically anything around cabinetry. So we don't specialize in anything other than cabinetry, um, but we do offer things to our customers like fixtures and tile and countertops and all that kind of fun stuff that goes with it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's very exciting and I'm very, you know, interested into how you first got into this industry. So I went to school for interior decorating. I graduated from Georgian College, um, I think it's about nine years ago. Um, and within my program, they actually, um, one of the courses you had to do was a full-time co-op. So I picked a co-op with a company that I had to kind of bug with to take me on because they didn't really want to take anyone on because they were a small boutique firm. So they specialized in designing with custom cabinetry. So anything with like kitchens, entertainment units, bathrooms, closets, all that kind of stuff. And I just basically did, it was about six months of unpaid co-op with them. And it was like a full-time job basically, but you didn't get paid for it. And uh, from there, I just kind of fell in love with designing with custom cabinetry. And actually it was on my last day like of graduation um, of that program that I actually got hired on full-time and kind of just began my journey. And I've been doing it now for almost nine years and it's just been super rewarding. And yeah, it's just one day at a time. And uh, if you enjoy your job, then it makes it a lot easier. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, I love how you got into that. And you said that once you sort of got into that co-op and you realized sort of that love of design, what is it really that sort of attracts you to that aspect? And what is it that you love about design? 
So I love design because I just, I have such a creative um, brain. Um, I've always kind of been into designing things um, and expressing that. So I feel like designing with cabinetry for me is in a wonderful thing to do because it's not just um, painting walls and putting in furniture and accessories. So cabinetry is more of a permanent fixture in someone's house. So it's something that basically affects their everyday life and you enjoy it basically for mostly like a lifetime. So typically every person will do at least one kitchen renovation in their life. And from there, like you're just a massive part of someone's everyday life. So like when designing, basically, I like to just make people's lives a bit more functional and enjoyable, especially if it's a kitchen, because that's like the most used room in the house. Um, and it's just a very um, intimate way of designing. I know that sounds a little bit odd, <laughs> but it's just you're in someone's house and you're kind of working with them to create how they want to live their lifestyle. So it's just a really, really interesting way of working with design, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the way you put that and, you know, the, the way to think about that and sort of the the full effect that it is having on someone's life, um, which is so amazing to see. And, you know, you said that once you first started your business, um, you decided to move to Windsor and then that's when you'd created it. What was it that brought you to this area um, and made you decide to start your business here? So I was working in like the GTA at the time and just kind of, you know, running a couple other people's businesses, it felt like, and, you know, just trying to grind it out and wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. Um, I was doing a ton of design work, which is really fulfilling, but I didn't have, I guess, like the entrepreneurial um, background in the business that I really wanted. So my now husband, who was my um, fiance at the time, had got a promotion with work and they offered him the location choice of Timmins or Windsor. And we obviously looked at the options and we're like, okay, it's 100% going to be Windsor because we didn't want to move to Timmins. <laughs> and so he moved here and we did about three years or so of long distance. And in that time, I just really um, honed in on what I wanted to do and how I wanted to run my business. So because I worked for so many other people, I would just see how they would do things and being like, man, I would do that so differently or wish they would do it this way. And it just kind of, I'm going to say ate at me over time um, to the point where um, when I did leave my job in the GTA, I basically kind of quit and moved in the same day. So basically from there, packed up my apartment, hopped it all and pushed it all into a van, jumped in the van, drove down to Windsor, unpacked into our house. And my husband drove the van back to um, the GTA. And I just started my business the next day and kind of gave it a running start. So I went about like six months with no income for myself coming in at all, which was pretty scary because <laughs> I was going from like being on salary and commission and all that kind of stuff in another company to go from nothing. So it just, I think really gave me the drive and the push to um, start my company. And then when we were looking around and doing a little bit of research um, beforehand, I just love the small business community in Windsor. Um, I think we have like the biggest small business community and the friendliest small business community in, I'm going to say Ontario or in Canada. Um, Cause every business that I went into and kind of talked to, they basically love Windsor and it wasn't just for the purpose of this is where they grew up. It's because the community here is very strong in supporting their small business. Um, so yeah, I was just really inspired and uh, I I really loved the area. My husband and I bought a house here and there's just so much potential um, in terms of the housing market as well. Um, and all different types of clients from like your first time home buyer to clients who are building new houses to clients who are moving from the GTA like I did to here. So it's just a really, really diverse um, set of clientele too, which is makes my job really interesting every day. 
Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with all of that. And, you know, especially about sort of the community feel that is here and with the small businesses, the impact that they do have. And, you know, I I definitely agree. And I, I love that that's sort of what drove you to this area. And then once you had sort of start, you got your company up and running, was, has there been sort of any big challenges that you've had to overcome since starting it that you'd like to share? And, you know, how did you overcome this at the time? Well, there's been, I would say, with most starting a small business, most face quite a bit of challenges. Um, I would just say, like, my number one challenge was finding clientele. So I moved to a place where I knew nobody. Um, We don't have any family. We didn't have any friends. We didn't know anyone that lived here. Um, Just basically some of my husband's, like, colleagues that he worked with. Um, And so basically, you know, as a designer, typically everyone knows your, well, not everybody, but a ton of people know your name and they know your brand. Um, And I moved here and started a business, and it was really hard because nobody knew who I was and nobody knew what I had to offer so I basically started from scratch in terms of making new friends making new colleagues making those business connections and then I had like a loan for my business which was wonderful but I didn't want to commit any to that like any of that to um, paying for advertising so I just started out with just small little bits of advertising on social media and really geared my business towards more of a boutique um, instead of pushing myself into everyone's Space and try taking on every client I could I just kind of catered myself to certain clients that I really wanted to work with and it ended up working out because I mean now I don't even advertise at all everything that comes in is referral based which is wonderful um, or they find me on social media because I find my social media presence um, is really strong and I really strive to make it strong as far as like finding the clients um, I had suppliers kind of lined up and had worked on those relationships for years so that was an easier part, but also just finding like a showroom space. Um, we had had a showroom kind of lined up and we were advertising that we were going to be there. We worked really, really hard on um, the exterior of it. And we're basically going to start getting into the interior work um, when we kind of had a falling out with um, the landlord and uh, we ended up having to step back and really think about what we wanted. And it turned out it just wasn't a working relationship we could continue forward. So I kind of took a, I'm going to call it a showroom hiatus for about a year and a half, two years. And then COVID hit and I had hopes of getting a showroom this year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. So I just kind of tried to stay calm. I'm sure as most business owners did um, kind of when things blew up in March and uh, I ended up getting myself into a showroom. So we're located um, in Old Riverside on Wyandotte Street um, and we're just still under the construction phases. But um, I would say like that is probably the second biggest challenge um, overall because the showroom is funded by myself, built by myself. Everything is paid out of pocket. Um, People think that, you know, because I have all these suppliers and everyone's going to give you free stuff to put in your showroom. And that's really not the case. So it's, you know, one display could cost like 80 to a hundred thousand dollars. And then you have to have multiple of those plus your office space, bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. So I would just say that's like probably one of the biggest challenges, but honestly, just kind of taking it one day at a time and getting done what I can. And um, my clientele always comes first and the showroom space will come second. So hopefully next time or this time next year, I'll be, all wrapped up and done, hopefully having a grand opening when we can gather in large groups. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely a lot going on. And, you know, you made a lot of really great points there. And one that you did talk about sort of in the beginning was getting those clients and you, um, you had said, you know, building that brand presence. And that, I think that also comes with, you know, that strong social media presence you were talking about. 
can you tell us a bit about the brand side that you've built for your company and, you know, how you've shown that? And I mean, it's definitely working with, you know, getting referrals and everything. What's sort of that brand presence that you wanted to create for your business? Um, like I mentioned before, it's kind of more of a boutique experience. So it's really highly um, driven by customer service um, and Canadian made products. So I really believe in products that are made in Canada and I want to offer those as much as I can to my clients. So every product that we carry is actually made in Canada, um, which I'm super proud of because it's harder to find suppliers um, that aren't like US based or based around the world. So our brand basically um, is me. Um, people laugh at that, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm doing all of the design work. I'm doing all of the customer relations. I recently hired um, a design assistant who helps me with kind of the behind the scenes work. Um, but mostly everything that I do within my company is created by me. So with my branding, I was really adamant at getting some professional branding done. So I had professional logos done, business cards, all that kind of stuff um, to really set myself apart. Um, I am not a pink bubbly person um, I would say I like more of um, neutrals and I love yellow and I really wanted to target my brand to make it inclusive of everybody because um, typically when you see branding it's more geared towards women and I didn't want uh, my gentleman clients to feel like I couldn't design something that was masculine um, and something that they would love so I tried to make sure my branding was very inclusive um, and then I shoot with um, photographers as well to try and showcase every product and project that I do. Um, I would say no two projects are alike. So I have some um, projects that are more rustic. I have some that are more industrial. I have some that are like mid-century modern. I have some that are like modern farmhouse. Um, and I think really just showcasing um, what I can offer in some polished images is super important because it puts it out there of what I can do and what I offer. And I think it really speaks to a number of people because everybody pretty much likes everything totally different than the next person beside them. So yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you talked a lot about there too. I think there's a lot of things that goes into a brand that a lot of people might not realize sort of behind the scenes. So, you know, it's always nice to hear sort of everything that goes into it. And I love like the approach that you had taken with that. Um, and, you know, we talked about some of the challenges you've overcome with your business, but on the other side of that, is there sort of one really big success moment that stands out um, since starting your business you'd like to share? Um, well, I won two awards this year, which was um, super exciting. So I was named the National Kitchen and Bath Association's top 30 under 30. So out of all of the winners, I was the only Canadian. So I represented, I like to say, Canada in um, this year's uh, graduating class. Um, I also, at the same time, was named the um, Design Hounds Kitchen Design Influencer of the Year, which was also a huge honor. I was actually at KBiz when I found out I won, but of course I couldn't stick around to socialize with everyone because I had to fly back home because of the schedule we were on and then from there had sponsorships for some really interesting trips and was hoping to get like really in depth with that whole experience but of course COVID had to come in and cut that short um, we had some trips to Napa planned um, and some sponsored events we were going to attend but we pretty much shifted a bunch of those onto Zoom which isn't the same experience but it still kind of gives you that little bit of something so um, I would probably say that was like the highlight of my year so far. And then on top of that, this year, um, I hired my first employee, got into a showroom and incorporated um, all within six months as well. So I think there's a ton of wins this year. So it's really hard to pick one. But I'm hoping that as special and amazing as this year was next year will be better. Um, just considering the circumstances with how um, 
kind of everything went to shit basically in March. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, absolutely. And, you know, congratulations, because those definitely are some really big honors and some really big milestones. And that's, that's just amazing to hear and see. Um, and, you know, you did touch on a point there too, that a lot of a lot of things have been changed in, in the last few months with the pandemic. Is there any other ways that this has affected your business? Um, in terms of like the pandemic, it kind of delayed some of our timelines like um, and pushed some of our projects back and shuffled everything. So for example, like we would have a client that had their kitchen installing in April, but then all of a sudden they couldn't have us in their home in April. And so then it would like, they would have to get installed in August. So it was just shuffling every, all the timelines and making sure that we're keeping everybody happy and leaving everyone um, with as functional as a kitchen as possible. The other thing is just some of the supplies that we had ordered were back ordered or not available. I know I had a couple sinks that we had ordered that they no longer are producing. Um, we had some tile that was stuck in Montreal um, on the barges that was shipped overseas. Um, just general stuff like that. I would, I think I've missed out probably on six projects this year just because of the timeline flux. Um, but overall, it hasn't affected us too much. Um, we're still going strong and I have more jobs coming in than I ever thought I would now. Um, I thought COVID was going to really put a damper on this whole year and I was going to be struggling to make ends meet. But honestly, the community has come together and they just, everybody wants to renovate now, which is so wonderful. So it's just finding the time to um, meet with all the clients and do all the design work and uh, keep everyone happy. So I would say it's kind of the biggest challenge. Yeah, absolutely. That that definitely makes sense um, too. But you know, I that's great to hear that you know it has like the community, like you said, the community has been coming together, and um, renovations are definitely at the top of the list for many people. So that's great to hear. What's the best way to be listening to Made It Happen podcast? Maybe from the comfort of your own home with a glass of Marlowe, Chardonnay, Rosé. Either way, I want to talk about the official wine of Made It Happen podcast, Paglioni Estate Winery. Paglioni Estate Winery is a winery located in Harrow along the wine route where their wine is produced in small batches using natural methods and pay homage to the Italian winemaking traditions of the old country, enhanced by the unique terrier of Canada's southernmost region. My personal favorite is their 2018 Marlowe, but they have a wide variety of amazing wines to choose from, because what goes better than podcasts and wine? You can find them on social media at Paglioni Estate Winery to follow along. Cheers! talked about sort of the awards and design and I was curious if there's someone that you'd like to share that really inspires you in the industry whether it is from a design standpoint or from a business standpoint in general um I I have this like thing for talking to other entrepreneurs I love it um I would say it's probably the one of my most favorite parts of what I do um because every different business owner that I talk to has inspired me in some different way um whether it's a photographer or someone who makes candles or whatever it happens to be um everybody's got like a different perspective on how they run their business and you know what they offer their clients and their client relations and all that thing and I just find it extremely inspiring um and I feel like every conversation that I have with another entrepreneur is um I, I always learn stuff from them and I always feel just so good talking to them. Um, but I mean, on the other spectrum, I'm sure other people have heard me say that I love Jillian Harris. I love that she's taken her career and, you know, she went from doing interiors and television to all of a sudden she's just a household name. She has all of these 
brands that she um, supports and charities and all this other stuff. Um, like I would say this whole other layer to her business. Um, and she's really pivoted in terms of being in the public eye. And um, there's been some things that she's been scrutinized on, but I mean, who hasn't? And uh, I think she's just a really positive role model for women and, uh, and really anyone, because I think what she's done with her business is like truly amazing. And I totally look up to her. And if she's listening to this, call me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but, um, yeah, no, I just, uh, I love her and I just think she's just wonderful. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I'm a big fan of her as well. And it's, it's amazing sort of what she has built, you know, with her brand and how far it's come over the past couple of years. And like you said, pivoting, um, with whatever's coming at her. So I, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, I also noticed too, on your social media, you'd posted a while ago that you like to start your week off by finding inspiration for clients. Um, and so I'm just curious, you know, how do you go about finding that in, this inspiration, um, at times? Um, sometimes it's literally logging onto Pinterest and kind of scrolling through, you know, 10 minutes of pictures every morning of kitchens. Um, I always um, gladly invite my clients to share their inspiration with me, whether it's a Pinterest board or sometimes I have some of the older school people who cut images out of magazines and have them in folders. So most times I'll take those with me and kind of sift through them and go through them. But it could even be something as simple as, you know, I'm I've been driving, you know, to something and pull over my car and just had like this massive, like, aha moment. And I've just had to like hand sketch something out because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be what it is for this client. And I know they're going to love it. I always, I've heard other people say that I have this special skill as well is when I walk into a space, I know how I'm going to design it typically and I can visualize it. And even if the client can't visualize it, I'm able to actually I almost want to say like x-ray vision, like move stuff around. Um, And I think for clients seeing me do that, it just kind of gives them a bit more of an inspiration um, to tell me exactly what they want. And so we can kind of make what they want um, come to life. So I would say that, but also just, you know, old school journaling and keeping a log. Um, You know, sometimes I'm not feeling inspired and I'm feeling like just laying on the couch and eating a bowl of M&Ms and watching Netflix and that's okay. But I really try to kind of start my mornings out with like a clean slate and just dive into um, whatever it is I'm working on. And I mean, each client is truly unique. Um, So for example, I met with clients last night that they want to incorporate some cool old rustic antiques in their kitchen and they want all their cabinets to be like different colors and different door styles and they want heavy distressing. And then I met with someone today who is the total opposite. She wants things to kind of be more matched and clean and sophisticated. So I'd say on both spectrums, it's just super inspiring to have someone being um, able to like look at me and be like, hey, I love your work. You're going to create this for me. And I believe in you. And I don't know, it just inspires me, even just meeting with people or hearing from people on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I know that you definitely inspire a lot of other people as well with your work. Um, And you know, that is nice that you do have that variety that you can sort of go to and how every day is sort of different. And, you know, with that too, do you have any sort of advice for someone who's maybe looking to be a designer um, or an aspiring designer? My biggest piece of advice is just be different. Don't be afraid to you know, not do what everyone else is doing. Um, I always say like, sometimes you scroll through Pinterest and you see the same five images over and over again. And 
it's just, I, I don't think I want to live in a world where I just see the same three kitchens repeated and repeated over and over again. Um, so just be different. Um, don't like design the basic things you have to design, like try and push the envelope a little bit. Even if your clients are a little bit scared, like that's what your job is as a designer to hold their hands and get them excited about something and then be able to make it happen for them. And I mean, you can imitate somebody, but, and they say imitation is like the sincerest form of flattery. But to be honest, I think sometimes when you imitate another designer and you try and, you know, copy their style, it's more cheating yourself because you're not really letting your true creativity show. And yeah, I just think like, don't be afraid to do something different. Don't be afraid to, you know, if you want to put a purple island in a client's house, put a purple island in a client's house. If you want to, you know, do something crazy with cabinetry or light fixtures, go for it. Just, you know, have some confidence in yourself and uh, it'll come across to your clients as well. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really great piece of advice. And, you know, really anyone in any field could really follow that as well. And, you know, being able to find their own by trying something else. I think that's a really great piece of advice. And you had also said before, too, that, you know, you talk to a lot of other entrepreneurs and love hearing their stories. And has there been sort of one big, you know, one key maybe piece of advice or insight that, you know, they've said that really stuck with you that you'd like to share? Um, I mean, I've had multiple people kind of give me advice over the years because I think um, at one point that hustle culture, like work as much as you can, because, you know, if you don't work to the bone, your business is not going to survive. Um, I feel like that is just like that typical mentality of a first time entrepreneur. Um, now that I've been in it for a couple of years now, it's actually the total opposite. It's, you know, take some time off, take some time for yourself. Um, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So make sure that you're taking care of yourself and um, ultimately, you know, doing what you want with your life instead of just doing it what, what you want with your business all the time. Um, and then with that too, just make business friends. Like I, when I say business friends, I mean other entrepreneurs, people who are really into their careers because you can bounce ideas off each other. You can ask for advice. Um, and those are the people too that like, you know, when you're having a tough time or you're, you know, you're doing amazing, they're going to be holding the torch for you and keeping it lit for you. Even if you, you know, you can't. And I would say even now with COVID, like I've, you know, I've tried, to reach out to companies, see how people are doing, see if I can any way I can support them, um, all those types of things. And uh, we actually have um, a grant coming out. It's going to be for one business owner that we're actually giving away, but it's for a local business to just basically hopefully have some financial rest and uh, be able to kind of bloom into their own with their business and uh, come into their own. And hopefully it'll be something that um, we can continue on every year and give back to the community. So. Wow, that's that's amazing. And I love that. And, you know, having that approach and it's just, you know, like you said, bringing that whole bring the whole community together and, you know, giving in any way that you can. And I think that's absolutely amazing that that's something that you're incorporating into your business and helping small businesses as well. Um, and you also gave a lot of really great advice there and, you know, advice that people have given you as well. And I'm curious, too, if there's something sort of specific that you really learned about yourself while running your business. I would say like, I just really enjoy doing things for my business and with my business and with myself that are outside of designing with cabinetry and like, you know, running the everyday 
day-to-day um, -day things like the, all the accounting and invoicing and all that kind of stuff that comes with it. So like I always like to work on different projects. So whether it's like, um, like I said, we're working on this grant, really neat photo shoots. Um, we're hoping to be shooting like a mini, our own mini like HGTV series. So it's just working outside of the normal everyday stuff. And, you know, the more I do that, the more I realize like, wow, I really enjoy this portion of my life. And it's just something I kind of want to continue doing. Um, and I didn't think I would love it because I was like, you know what, cabinetry is my thing. Designing's my thing. I love that. That's, you know, the meat and potatoes. And that's what you got to do to succeed. But honestly, it's, it's one of five things that you have to do to succeed. And you also have to find enjoyment in other areas of your business too. So. Yeah, well, I, I'm happy to hear that because, yeah, especially with entrepreneurs, you know, you do have to wear those different hats. And so that's nice to hear that, you know, you you, are, you enjoy the other aspects of it as well. And, you know, you had said that you'd learned, you know, a lot of it from watching people you sort of you worked through for in the industry and what you wanted to take with you. Um, do you have any sort of other insights into, you know, people who are trying to learn those other parts to the running of business um, that you'd like to share? Yeah, like um, with me... I didn't start my business right away after I graduated college because I just, I needed more experience and I wanted those things. So if you can find someone in the industry that you really admire, um, chase after them. Even if it's like you have to work for them for free or, you know, you're part-time, like chase after those goals because those are the people you're going to learn the most about um, and just basically gain as much experience as you can. So if there's, you know, an opportunity to, you know, do something that puts you outside your comfort zone or, um, you know, you have the opportunity to meet someone that you really look up to make the time for those things, because I mean, doing those things is just going to get you kind of further ahead. And any experience that you can gain is definitely an asset. Um, I mean, I always say they don't teach you customer relations in college university, they teach you, you know, the knowledge, and they give you all of those things, but they don't necessarily tell you how to, like, once you graduate, how to deal with customer service and how to deal with issues and, you know, just constant everyday problem solving and stuff like that. So I would say gain as much experience as you can. Um, even if like I said, you have to work for someone for free or you're just volunteering, um, whatever it happens to be, because the more experience also comes with confidence. And I don't think there's anything sexier than an, on sexier than an entre entrepreneur than confidence basically. So Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And I think that's a great piece of advice, you know, to learn from others and, you know, really get that experience in any way that you can. And that is how you're going to learn in the industry. And I know you've gave a lot of really great piece of advice, but is there sort of one last piece that you would give to someone who's thinking of starting a business? Do your research, check out your competition. Um, don't be afraid to help um, ask like for help writing your business plan, apply for grants and funding. Um, it's always good to have extra money floating around in case you want to do anything that, you know, is very costly. Um, but like reach out to, you know, the small business center, use your assets that are locally, use your assets that are Canada wide. Um, so I worked with the small business center to write my business plan, but I also um, worked with Futurepreneur, um, which is the Canadian um, government sponsored loans and stuff like that. And they were able to help me kind of secure my funding and write my business plan and kind of, they gave me a mentor to work with for two years. And honestly, it was a wonderful program and it kind of gave me my kickstart. And I mean, just if you meet someone who you think, you know, like I really want to talk to this person more, there's no shame in asking someone to mentor you as well.
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think those are some really great piece of advice. And like you said, there's so many great resources out there for entrepreneurs and some specifically for female entrepreneurs. And so, you know, it's definitely great to get involved in those. Um, and yes, thank you very much for, you know, sharing all of that great advice. And I know you talked a little bit about sort of the future plans of your business, but do you have any other future plans that you'd like to share? So Obviously, when the showroom's done, we're hoping to have like a big grand opening. Um, we're hoping the space will be able to host some cool workshops there and bring some other businesses in um, to partner with us on those. Um, we're going to be having a grant come out. We're starting our own HGTV. I always say HGTV because that's like what people reference for home and garden kind of television um, and design work television. Um, we're going to be hosting our own series um, and taking our own videos. We're going to continue on with basically our social media and keeping up with um, current projects. And then on top of that, um, I'm going to be taking on actually some co-op students as well from my old college actually up in Barrie um, to just virtually kind of coach them and um, give them a good kind of eye opener into the business and the way things kind of go. And then from there, I just, I have other things I want to do, but I got to start with the basics and make sure I can get through the rest of the year before I take on too much. Cause that's always my thing is I, I take on a lot and then I accomplish a ton and I don't take time to enjoy it. I just kind of just keep plugging and keep going through it. So, um, but I think there's lots of things in the works. I just, uh, I got to figure out what all that is and kind of hone in on what I want to do. So. Yeah, well, it definitely sounds like there's a lot of exciting things coming up and I'm definitely excited to see all of those play out and, you know, see all the future plans for your business and where can people go to find you online um, to see all these future plans coming? So Facebook and Instagram, you can look up Timber and Plum Kitchens and Cabinetry, or our username is at Timber Plum. Um, we also have a website, so www.timberplum.com. And I mean, if you see anything you like, or you know, you want to chat more, um, you can always send me a message. Um, I also have a business phone number, which is um, 519-791-0326. You can always send me a text as well. And um, we can chat about, you know, if you're starting a business and you need a little bit of advice or you're doing a kitchen renovation, whatever it happens to be, totally down to uh, chat with you. So that's kind of the best way to reach me. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.